Fuck the 20 fucking lane highway and everybody on it, dude. Like, fucking take your fucking path. That little fucking trail, dude. You know what I mean? Fucking beat it down yourself. Facing what consumes you is the only way to be free. Release from the poisonous fears. Resurrected once and for all. You want me to hold my tongue? Then why the fuck am I here? You want me to bottle my rage? Cause you never have the heart to say what I say. My life, my body, my pride. You have no opinion, no right. I built myself nothing like you. I refuse to live my way of life. Tell me, tell me, bang me, bang me. You're the inspiration I need. Tell me, tell me, bang me, bang me. You're all the inspiration I need. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Growing Up, Not Growing Old podcast. My name is Mike Russo. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Gungo Podcast. With me tonight, my guest, special guest, formerly, unfortunately, formerly of the Moon Bad Podcast, Devin Butler. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Long time no talk. Yeah, um, I've been wanting to get you on for a while. Apologize my lateness, but uh, you know how life gets in the way, and sometimes you back up your... You get like three, four people scheduled in a row. It gets kind of uh, overwhelming, so I'm glad I got you on now. Hey, better late than never. That's what I say. That's a that's a good thing to live by. But um, I um, do you want to talk about the show or what's going on? What happened? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I know you know the show. I don't know if any of your listeners ever listen. I know there's a handful of folks out there that used to listen to the Moonbat podcast. Um. It was just me and some some of my crazy friends, uh, Mike and Tommy, started off with my buddy Ryan in there also. A couple years back, we were just hitting the bars and talking a bunch of bullshit and just noticed that all these strangers kept kind of tuning into our conversations and like interrupting and talking. We're like, we should fucking do something like, I don't know, like a radio show or something and... I'm a I'm a late adopter to any kind of technology, so I had no idea what even podcast even fucking was. Yeah. Until someone told me about it, so we decided to go ahead and do it, and uh, and then just kind of came up with that idea, and it, it 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 started off with just us, just every week we would get together, get a fucking twelve pack, eighteen pack, get drunk and talk about fights and music and whatever the fuck comes up. Yeah. Uh, and then realized, you know, that might not be the most engaging thing for listeners. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're having a good time. We were making the podcast for ourselves, but then we kind of got ambitious and we wanted to make something that could be sustainable and, you know, get a good reach out there and get some organic listeners going on. But, and we did good for a while. And, you know, first, the first season we did, man, it, it sounds like horse shit. I don't know if you listen to some of those older ones. Quality, you mean? Yeah, it was just us all hovering around one of those USB blue snowball fucking. Right. You know, yeah. So it sounds like uh, it sounds like you're like a mile away. Exactly. I mean, it looks like we're talking into Hal from Space Odyssey. It's, <laughs> fucking, it's crazy. But all we would do is we would every week pick a movie, all watch the movie, and then talk about it. And now every movie every month had to do with a certain theme. So. Like since, uh, whatchamacallit, say November, we decided to make it a revolutionary month because remember, remember the 4th of November. Yeah. 
So we start off with like V for Vendetta, then we would watch fucking Brazil, and then we would watch uh, uh, The Wall, which didn't quite turn out to be a, a revolutionary movie so much, but right. it would just help us kind of churn in, start talking about topics and, and start getting used to conversations. So we did that the first season, and it, and it kind of, at towards the end of the first season, we had we had good listeners, everything was going good. Second season comes around, we kind of ditch that and just kind of go more freestyle. But the start of the second season is kind of when our country took a took a turn. <laughs> I think that's where I jumped on. I jumped on in the, in the second season. Yeah, that's when most people kind of tuned in because when we really started getting really gritty with stuff and talking about, I mean, I think the first call out ones is when the Sparks shooting happened, and we really tackled that hard. And then we started tackling uh, Ferguson and everything going forward. And we tried to, like, you know, di- dilute it a little bit, but it, those topics just kept coming up in the news, and it kept being like front and center in everyone's mind. And so we just kind of kept talking about it. And um, but you didn't just talk about it; you actually had stats and facts and really good stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like for me, it was like. For me, that's fun. Like I'm, a, I'm a stats kind of driven guy. That's what I do for a living. I, I, I'm in marketing, so it's all about stats and projections and doing your research and demographics. So all that stuff comes naturally to me. So I'm in front of my computer. I just start grabbing stuff, and then I start noticing as I'm grabbing stuff that I'm really only initially grabbing stuff from the left. You know, yeah. like a lot of liberal kind of agenda news articles. So I'm like, you know what, let me stop and go to the right and check out what Fox News has to say. And, you know, and and then Mike, he's all over the place. That guy is like whatever floats his boat is whatever makes sense to him. And that's kind of how we all were. Yeah. I don't know if you know what a moon bat is. Uh, I do from your show, but I'll let the listeners know. So a moon bat was it's an old time. I don't even know when maybe the maybe the 20s or something. Some old timey derogatory word for liberals, you know, anyone that's on the extreme uh, end of of uh, of democratic liberalism. Um, how this came about is because we were again just out drunk, acting fools, blobbing off at the mouth at the bar, and there's this old school dude just sitting at the bar and he's drinking his whiskey and he's got his cigarettes and he's got his fucking black. <laughs> And he turns around and he's like, you guys are a bunch of goddamn moon bats. And we had no idea what he was talking about. We just automatically got offended. Sure. And uh, later on, we looked it up. And the second, the first definition was that it's a derogatory term, the actual one. The second one was it's also used as someone that's on the extremism of whatever stance they happen to be. Kind of fit okay. perfectly for us. So we rolled with that. And... Um, yeah, just doing research and bringing shit to the table, and you know, we we tackle yeah a lot of racial issues, and well, we tackled a lot yeah. of issues and a lot of like you know police issues, but we also tackled uh, a lot of environmental stuff, which was actually probably the f- environmental stuff I think was our favorite and most like, heated uh, topics. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Um, you guys did one. Um, I don't remember exactly the the. Uh, details of it but it was definitely had to do with vol- volcanic activity in different spots and um especially i think there was one you guys were talking about over by you uh by um in like uh san francisco area i guess 
Oh, the, the big uh, played up in Seattle and the Ring of Fire, the whole earthquake one? Earthquake, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I remember that. That was a real interesting show, too. And you guys are talking about, you know, where you would run and how you would get away. And so the, the environmental yeah. thing, you know, someone out there, I know even though the show isn't around anymore, someone would be like, environment? They're talking about the fucking environment, but talking about an earthquake could lead to so much other shit. Oh, for sure. I mean, and then you got to think about what's really kind of causing these earthquakes. I mean, is it fracking? There's a whole argument about that, about what we're doing with our oceans. I mean, we started digging into this these, these topics and noticed they kind of lead down these rabbit holes. And it just, it was awesome. It was fun. But like you said, there is a lot of research and um, front end po- uh, pre- pre-podcast work sorry about that i should probably turn my sound off yeah no problem uh a lot of pre-podcast work that goes into all of our episodes and after a while it just kind of got um i don't know it, it got too much i mean mike and tommy are both in outside sales so they're field sales guys they're out on the road all day they don't have liberty like i do to kind of just be in front of a computer most of the time yeah in that stuff mike is working between socal and norcal traveling back and forth plus he's got his daughter who's in like high school so he's got a split time with that tommy's engaged i just had a kid so i mean time just started getting away from us and we started seeing that episodes were going like months without a new episode and i just kept putting out like flashback episodes i saw the numbers start to tick down people were a little less engaged when a new when a new episode did hit you know we had the core hardcore listeners that would always tune in um but we just started noticing that organic reach we were reaching for um just started tapering off again due to inconsistencies so that's one of the most important things is in podcasting is consistency yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to tell your listeners you're doing one a week or, or two a month, it's a good idea, at least for the first six months, to really have something every week or, or twice a month. Yo, even longer than six months because people have no attention spans. You got to be in their face all the time, whether it's a social media presence or whether it's just new content that you're pushing out. Even if it's like you're putting out like, just doing guest spots, anything that you can do, which is I was trying to do the flashback episodes, but mm. it just didn't quite work. So, you know, we decided, hey, this might not be the end, the end, but this chapter of the Moonbat podcast, we're going to call it quits. We're not going to renew our subscriptions because there's no need for us to all pull money into um, the various things that would go into making these things work, mm. loan equipment and time and effort and I mean, the podcast was a byproduct of our friendship, not the vice versa. So we still, I still talk to those fucking guys every fucking day, which is ridiculous. <laughs> now, yeah, um, one of the things that kind of brought me into the show, or at least ha- helped me stick around to listen to the show, was you guys have, were very well-spoken, you're very smart, you knew what the fuck you were talking about. Oh, we're idiots, bro. We talk out of our ass half the time. We well, just... then I guess I'm the idiot because I'm like, wow, these guys really know what they're saying. <laughs> but um, out of fake it. No, go ahead. Uh, but now that you don't have this outlet, like I, I'm sure it was great to like get your ideas out into the world and and your opinions out into the world. Um, do you miss it? I mean, are you got you gonna do another show? You got something going on? I mean, what's what's up? 
You know, it's it, it, it's a bittersweet thing. I think it, we ended it right at a good time. I, my son's just four months now. So, I mean, it's perfect for me to, to kind of focus in on him for right now. Congratulations, by the way. Appreciate it. Um, and I think, you know, Tommy feels the same way. Like, his his wedding is next next uh, year. I don't know when. I'm, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And then Mike has just really, like, had a lot of work changes. So... I think we ended it at a good time, at a good note. Um, unfortunately, the older episodes still aren't even available right now because I had to pull everything down. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I do miss it. I do miss getting on the mic and talking. I was able to do a guest spot not too long ago on someone else's podcast also. you want to give him a, a plug real quick? Uh, yeah, Brian Montana over at the Well Watchers, DC-based. Uh, does, does a lot of geek stuff, uh, comics. Uh, pop culture, video games, um, kind of free flow, hanging out cast almost style. Nice. So just shoot the shit with him. And I mean, he's one of the, the first guys that uh, that I was following and listening to in my podcast, uh, quote unquote, foray. <laughs> no, nah, but I miss it, man. It's cool. And like getting on here with you and like listening to like the conversations you have and listening to all the other podcasts that I like, you know, really still hold on to and listen to, like, I miss it. I want to be a part of it. And yes, there is a plan for me to have a, another podcast. Um, looking to do a solo podcast sometime next year. I was trying for January, but realistically with kind of how anal I am with making sure it's all prepped, ready to go, yeah. brand, social awareness, everything. Um, it's probably February, March, but I'd rather take the time to make sure that once I launch, I'm good to go without any interruptions, like you said, especially those first six months. Yeah. So that I can just go balls to the wall. And it's going to be limited. I'm not going to do once a week just because I don't have time to do that, but I'll do every other week, so twice a month. You know, would you say you're going to do a solo show? Do you mean like, strictly just you or just you with maybe having people Skype in because doing a show I've done a couple solo shows by myself um, and you know I don't prep for my shows I just kind of go in off the top of the head so it was fucking rough man but like you said you're, you're like a stats guy you'll probably do your research first what's your plan or is it too early to say no, I'll tell you right now. I mean, so the plan is since I'm going to only do two episodes a month, um, one every other week, the first episode, yeah, it's just me by myself. And I got 12 different topics already lined up. That I'm gonna so each episode per month of these is going to be me just going off on a rant, just me by myself. And we'll see how it goes. It might be, I, I can't say that's just going to go free flow. I'm not going to press record and whatever comes out, comes out. Those episodes are probably going to be produced um, where I can go in, splice, and make sure they, they, they're good and put together and they, they represent my crazy ass appropriately. <laughs> um, but the second episode every month, I do want to get um, guests and interviews and start hitting the, hitting the, uh, the Skype box. Nice. So, yeah, man, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a challenge, but we'll see what shakes out. Yeah, man. Listen, from listening to your show, I think you're gonna do a fucking great show. You're gonna do a great job. Best of luck to you. Um, we're looking forward to that. Yo, February March is gonna come quick. So you know, let's put a, a loose March. <laughs> let's put a loose February March date on that. Yeah, I think that's a smart smart move right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get down to some real shit here. Um, okay, so uh, another reason why I liked your, your show was because we didn't share the same views and opinions. Uh, but I stuck around because I think that's how good your show was. So I want to get like 
the liberal view <laughs> of some of the things that we've been talking about lately because I think it's important to get two sides out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, and like, and I, I'll say liberal loosely. I mean, I am more liberal than I am conservative, but for me, whatever just resonates with me, which makes sense to me ethically or morally, is what it is. I'm also not gonna say that, like, if I go to the voting, I hate these fucking people that go to the voting booths and they just vote down their party line blindly. Yeah, man, that's that's such a fucking problem. So, um. Yeah, so it's pretty much you've pretty much got the out your outlook is your outlook. You don't really have a title, but your outlook does lean that way. And that's just from my life experiences, man. I mean, just from what I've dealt with personally in my life, you know, yeah. I don't I try and this is what's the issue. All right, now that we're getting into it, we're just gonna go into it. This is the issue that I that I find with a lot of Facebook politics nowadays. Oh, and this is good because I'm not on Facebook, so I love hearing Facebook stories. And I call it Facebook politics, but it's also just social media politics because it's we're living in a generation where we no longer – another reason why – I'm getting ranty. Okay. Go, go for so, it. We live in a generation now where we no longer talk with each other unless you're fortunate enough to have a podcast like you do, like I did, like a lot of people do. But we no longer talk with each other. We're talking at each other. I'm going to post my status, and then you're going to post your comment. And I'm going to reply my post to your... We're, we're talking at each other. We're not having a conversation. We're waiting for that sentence to finish, and then I'm going to dissect that sentence, and then I'm going to think about it, and then I'm going to construct something, or I'm going to fly off the handle and reply right away. And it all is like just fucking garbage it's not real communication right. just memes it's not communication do not have a conversation if i'm having a conversation with you even as a via text use your goddamn words don't send me a meme that says excuse me with neil degrasse tyson on it, because that makes no sense to me what does science have to do with us talking about groceries shut the fuck up that's fucking great that's rant number one number Wait, two can i just stop you for a second did that really happen the tyson thing or are you just use that as an example Tommy is the worst person in the planet. <laughs> he, okay, so m mainly me, Tommy, and Mike, we all communicate through um, uh, a chat service called Voxer. It's just an app. And uh, sorry if you hear me, like, mumbling around because I got cough drops. I'm coming down with a cold. I'm trying to sound all right. No problem. But um, he's the worst person ever because we'll have a conversation. He literally, like... Instead of saying something, he'll just put like three memes back to back to back to back. And we're just like, you're a fucking grown man. Use your words, dude. Come on. <laughs> That's fucking horrible. That's horrible. I mean, a nice placed meme is all good and fun. We all laugh at a good placed meme. But when they're used excessively, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, right. So the reason that I have the standpoint that I do and where I'm coming from, where I come from with a lot of my, yes, left-leaning and more liberal viewpoints on the world and U.S. and life in general is just because of my background. And I don't push that on anyone else. I actually encourage myself and encourage others like you do to hear both sides because what the main issue that I see is that a lot of the world has lost empathy. It's such a me, me, me society. And it yes. goes back to that social media kind of frame of mind of talking at each other instead of with each other is that 
my opinion matters more than anyone else. And I don't need to see things from your point of view. I don't need to put myself in your shoes because that's just not me. I am I since I don't know it, I can't comment on it. And if I can't comment on it, then it's unknown to me and then therefore it makes no I mean it doesn't it doesn't matter. Right. You know, so I think man, I just think people need more empathy and you're 100% correct with the fact that if I'm out somewhere, I don't do this, but let's just say I'm out somewhere having a political discussion with someone or a religious discussion with someone, it's almost like don't waste your breath because that other person will never see anything that you're saying. Like, you'll never hear the words, oh, okay, fair enough, or yeah, you're right on that. Like, they'll never, ever budge. Yeah, you'll never see someone say like, oh, I see your point, or even like, you know what? You won't even see someone say, I concede to that. Like, I can told, like, I didn't think about that. You're right. They're going to be like, no, that's just a bunch of liberal bullshit, Obama faggot lover. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? That was, I. Yeah, no one wants to ever concede. It's like, it's like waste. It's like a waste. You're wasting your breath because it's like their opinion to them and their viewpoint. It, it's cause it's coming from me. It has to be the best. I'm always right. You know, it's so it's it's you're right, man, hundred percent. And even if it's not that, it's just that some folks are unwilling to go outside of their own social construct construct box to learn what someone else is going through. Even if you don't understand what I'm going through, or and you haven't been there, some people are just unwilling to to see the other side. I don't need to hear that argument because whatever you have to say is bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit because this is a whole other side of the, the coin, man. Like, how are you going to form an, an objective opinion? That's a th And that's maybe that's it. No one has objective opinions. Everyone just wants to be right. It's a quest for being right more than a quest of what is right. And that's not right. <laughs> that's just not right. And, and, and it, go, it goes all the way. It goes all the way to even presidential elections. It's not about how things are done or what's right or how to fix things. It's about showing, it's about poking holes in your opponent's plan. Let's not focus on me. I've got a plan. We are going to do this, this, and this. I'm not going to really right. break it down for you, but I will show you all the ways that we can, that, you know, Hillary is wrong. I'll show you all the ways that uh, Chris Christie's wrong. I'll show you all the ways that Huckabee's wrong. I'll show you all the ways that Bush and Trump and, you know, everyone's just poking holes in each other trying to deflect so that they're not under the spotlight. Yeah, and it's, it's, some of those ads are downright despicable some of the, like the lower guys the lower tier guys that you don't hear about when they do the uh the you know the ad campaigns like putting down the other guy or some of them are so ridiculous it's crazy chris christie hates jews <laughs> yeah when did he ever say that it's because he doesn't like falafels it's like i still don't understand what this has to do with anything I don't know. Some get a little ridiculous. Yeah, some of that shit is fucking. It's straight comedy, really. And this whole election has been straight comedy. I haven't been this entertained in a presidential election ever. I don't know if it's because I'm just getting fucking old now and I'm actually paying attention to the ridiculous shit that are coming out of these folks' mouths or the fact that Trump has just turned this shit into a circus freak show and Hillary over here just looking like fucking. I don't know what. She's looking like. Elizabeth Bathroy bathing in blood, trying to stay young forever. And then you got fucking Bernie Sanders, crazy old 
ass just I don't know. It's fucking nuts. This is the thing, man. Like, this is what we got. It's it's this is what we can offer. Like, there's gotta be somebody else or a couple guys out there. I mean, Jesus Christ, the fucking Bush, Clinton, Trump, Rubio. I mean, this is his. Here's the issue. The issue is the fact that over the last two presidents we've had served two terms. So after those two terms, we've gone to the complete opposite direction just for a change. Not because it made sense, but because it was different. We got two full terms of W. You know? Yeah. And yeah, he had his good points and he had his low points. And his low points were really fucking low. Was he the smartest guy? I don't know. Like, I, I refuse to believe that the man is stupid. No, but- he, he, he's a smart guy. He's just not... Uh, I don't know how you, how you say it. All right. Um, some technical difficulties there for a second. Again, turning into a bit of a fucking habit. Um, Devin, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All good. All right, great. Um, uh, what I was saying about Bush was I thought he... I don't think he was stupid. I just didn't think he knew how to fucking speak well maybe i'm not sure what that was no yeah i think he wasn't i mean he wasn't the most eloquent of guy he just kind of came off as a yokel right just like, yeah you know and then we had eight years of that and then in his term like one of the biggest tragedies in american history happened so i mean that's whether and it's not his fault but that goes under his watch right it sucks that goes yeah. under his watch so what happens you get the complete opposite candidate come up. You get not only a Democrat, but you get a black guy. Something that is unprecedented, never happened in America's history. You had Jesse Jackson run for a little bit back in the day, but you had, I mean, it never happened. Right. So people gravitated towards that, and they believed in the hope hype, and that's what I call it. He was able to spit the game. He was eloquent. He was smooth. I mean, I, every time I heard him, I thought of like, you know, I don't know if you ever saw that uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's movie, Low Down Dirty Shame. He's like, I'm going to smoke you like a pack of cools. <laughs> you know, like that guy was just, he was just a baller. Like he was everything everyone wanted out of a black president because he was well-spoken, but he still had edge, you know? Plus he had that speech at one of those conventions that blew everybody away and really fucking pushed him through. Seriously, like, he just won America over. And it's because we wanted the complete opposite. Now, you got eight years later under him, and you're realizing that he's so smooth because he has to be that smooth. The guy, I mean, it's a... I can't imagine being president. It's a fucking tough job, right? Oh, yeah. He looks like a different fucking person. Dude, the guy looks like he aged 50 years in eight years. Like the guy is crazy. I mean, I'm sure the cigarettes don't help, but, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Sorry, that was a cough drop. So, now we're at the eight years at the end of Obama and people are sick and tired of the walk around. And that's all it is. He just talks and talks and talks in circles and we're not seeing anything really come out of it. Out of eight years, you know what I've seen? The Affordable Health Care Act. That's really the only significant piece and big chunk that I've seen. And I don't even fully quite understand it. Right. But at least I'll admit that. A lot of people are like, fuck the Affordable Health Care Act. It's going to screw my insurance. And you ask them how, and they're like, well, I don't know. It's because Obama. Okay. Well, that was the thing when people always said that to me. 
um, I was always like, well, how does this affect me? How is this going to affect my insurance? And it hasn't. Right? And it hasn't affected a lot of people's. And maybe some people it has, and I haven't talked to them. Right. I'm not saying that it hasn't. What I'm saying is a lot of people out there are anti-Obama for the sake of being anti-Obama. Now for And we're just tired of it. I think a four-year run for any president is money. You are perfect at the fucking four-year mark. Even Clinton, who I think is one of our best presidents ever, regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat, because he took us into a fucking economic surge, which was crazy. Yeah. Granted, it's kind of his backdoor stuff that led to a lot of the 9-11 bullshit shit that he didn't take care of because he was focused on our economy. I'm glad you said that. I was just going to ask you about that, but you just you just answered the question before I even asked it. I, that's what I'm saying, man. I'm, I'm left, but I'm not fucking ignorant. I understand what's going on in the back, and I know that whether it's a Democrat or Republican in house, there's shady shit going down and all we can do is kind of hope for the best. And in my opinion, being patriotic is putting your fucking faith in your elected presidential mm. Winner, You know, I mean, if we're going to be all about democracy and we're going to be all about, you know, American values, an American value is that fucking race for president. And then when a president comes into office, you have his back because he's supposed to have yours. And if you just push against him and push against him and just you're going to live a miserable life and you're not really. I don't know. You're, you're kind of doing a disservice to your country. And that's when dividing lines start happening. You know, right. and I mean, that's just. And that's one frame of mind. Some people are like, well, no, it is your God-given American right to defy the system, which is another thing I'm a big proponent of. You know, yeah, so what's the, um, the, the saying? Dissent is the, um, the uh, greatest form of patriotism or whatever that saying is? Something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know you know it. Come on. It sounds good. I, I, <laughs> I, we'll go with that. You know, but it, it, but it's true. I mean, this whole country was really founded on the blood, sweat, and tears of dissenters. It really was. I right. mean, so if we're going to talk, uh, sorry. So let's go back to to this whole thing. So then the nominations now, the presidential nominations now. We look at it, and on the surface, it just looks like a fucking clown car to me. Well, let's let's save Trump for last. <laughs> now but, Hillary, right? I don't now, trust her. Isn't doesn't is everyone ignoring all the dirt? Like she's got caught. Like, <laughs> like the fucking the email shit was crazy. So I I'm less concerned about the content of the email and the fact that our president doesn't know how to use email. You know, I mean that just and, seems like yeah, and like fucking um, like Mrs. Deal. Clinton. Uh, did you um have your hard drive wiped? She's like. What do you mean? Did someone? Did I have someone clean it? What do you mean? She knows what wiped means. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's... I don't know. Like, I just don't trust her. Just because she's being so evasive and she's like... Now, every time someone brings it up, she's like, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm sick of talking about it. Bitch, you haven't talked about it yet. Right. You haven't talked about it yet. How can you be sick of talking about something that you haven't talked about? She's fucking nuts. I don't trust her. I think that she's got way too... I mean... Everyone wants to point the finger at, at Trump for, well, not Trump. They, they want to point the finger and say that people are in the pocket of, like, uh, Trump pointed the finger at her and said that she's got too many uh, investors, basically. There's too many people who's, who's got their hands in her pocket. Okay. You know? And I believe it. I don't know. I just don't think that. I think she might just kind of stroll right in there, though. I don't know. You know, I think you're running into the same kind of thing as 
I hate to say it, but because she's a woman. Not right. because of her agenda, not because of things she's done, because everything she's done, she's reneged on and gone the opposite way and been flip-flopped on almost all of her opinions. She can't even pick a baseball team. I mean, she's the, <laughs> she likes the Cubs one day, the Yankees when she's in New York. Oh, man. Yeah, she's probably a Twins fan next month. And uh, also, it's like you got people who are going to vote for her just because she's a female, and then you got people who are going to vote for her because they love Bill so much. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She fucking, you know she hates that motherfucker. She's oh, like, yeah. hell no. I don't know. I don't trust it. If I'm going to be funny, I'm going to say I don't fucking, I don't know. I just think she's going to be a lot more aggressive and a lot more bullying than she lets on that she's going to be. I, I have a bad feeling about Hillary. I don't think that she's going... I think she's going to come in. She's going to try to strong-arm people. She's going to pull the, the feminist card. Right. Um, And is that me being a little uh, chauvinistic? Maybe. I don't fucking know. It's just how I feel. I think that's what I see her in her character. Not as a woman, but in her character that she would pull that kind of shit. Like, oh, I can't talk because I'm a woman. I can't hold the floor because I'm a woman. You're blocking my bill because I'm a woman. No, we're blocking your bill because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, that's. I could see that. I could see that, definitely. I just have a bad feeling about that. Next candidate, sir. Let's jump over to Rubio. I don't know nothing about this guy, but the, the word on the street is he might be the candidate. He's popping up. You know, every I've watched all of the GOP debates. Um, and can I just say that, first of all, it's really weird to see the Democratic debates go on. And there's like four people on this huge, huge stage. And then you watch the GOPs and there's like 10 fuckers up there trying to vie for their nomination yeah. to be the GOP presidency. They're pushing hard, and I think just because they're scared of Hillary, and I think we know they should be. Yeah. Not for the right reasons, but just for, you know, political reasons. Right. Uh, Rubio. Rubio's got a good story. That's all I can say about him. As far as his standpoints go, he kind of rides that that Democratic line. I don't hear any... I'm sorry, the Republican line. I don't hear much different out of him than I do any of the other, those kind of mid-range candidates. He's against abortion, pro-gun. Uh, he believes that there should be immigration reform. You know, you just hear after yeah. it just becomes very, very cadenced. Like, you know what you're going to hear. The only difference is he's got an edge because his family were immigrants. So he's got a good story. Oh, right, right. So since his, his, his family were immigrants that came in and lived the American dream and he's building this story and he's, and he's letting people, it's like the softer side of republicanism. It's the softer side of conservatism. I can go in there and say, yeah, I think that there needs to be immigrant reform. And this is me saying it. You know, even I'm, if it, it's a true story, I know that it's, it's a sincere story, but it still seems just like a play. It still seems fake. It's just, it feels like it just still feels doesn't feel right even though it's true exactly and, and it's, it's just because it's forced it's because it might be true but his writers are plugging it in at the at these very exact moments if someone asks you about this topic you need to bring up your parents if someone asks you about that topics you need to bring up gun reform if someone asks you about this topic always bring up hillary yeah. you know the, the these nomin these nominees are not speaking for themselves. They are speaking for their party, and they're speaking with whatever these writers who have so much power. Have you been? And I know it's it's not a real show, but I can only imagine how actually 
accurate it is. Have you ever watched House of Cards on Netflix? No, I heard it's excellent, though. Dude, honestly, this past third season is how I see this election going. Like, just seeing the female candidate coming out strong and all the back doors and who's writing what and the agendas and what really happens in these meetings. Like, again, I know it's completely fictional, but I can't help but think that they've got some like it, experts and some consultants who are like this is how shit really goes down. it's got to be based on something you know it's got to be it's really good i suggest anyone go see it um the thing that interests me about that show which i had no idea about that he talks to you like i didn't even know that that's really he interesting fourth wall. he breaks the fourth wall and he does it awesomely it's, it's <laughs> Like Kevin Spacey's the shit. Uh, if you if anyone tells me Kevin Spacey's a bad actor, I'd probably slap him. I I can't say. Yo, he even made fucking. He even did a good job with Luther, uh, Lex Luthor. Right, and then all and he did a good job just playing Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. Oh Jesus Christ! We gotta talk about that trailer, but we'll do that later. <laughs> oh, don't yeah. Wait, okay. let, let, let's just let's just. Uh... Mark Rubio, he's not saying anything that I haven't heard before, but he's got a good story, and that's why he's he's a pulse in the pro in the polls right now. Yeah, um, okay, so what else we got here? Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, fuck. I, I almost said Barry Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Barry Sanders is there. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. You know, the guy, he's just... I mean, <sighs> he's the kook, right? He's, he's a kook, he, and that's it. And that's the thing. He <laughs> is a crazy old man who, if he was, like, 20 years younger... I think he would be a legitimate threat. And if he reined it in a little bit, he is a little, I mean, for as crazy and old as he is, he's almost too radicalized right. for this nomination. For for our time right now, we need a young Bernie Sanders who isn't going to fight the system so much. Because again, I mean, we're looking for change, but you still have to work within the confines of our system. And our system does work because when it works, it works beautifully. But when it doesn't, yeah, it, it, it just falls apart. So I like Bernie Sanders. He's crazy. It's it's just unrealistic. I think he's he'd be he's going to be more of a excuse me of a advocate for for equality than a uh, presidential candidate. He'll do good, I think, in this country, um, but I don't think as president, no. Yeah, a lot of people do like him. I hear his name a lot. And this is coming from lis- you know, listening to um, you know, radio shows and podcasts. I hear his name a lot. Now, you have to forgive me. I forgot the, um, the black doctor's name. Uh, John Carson? Is that no, his name? No, no. Um, is it? Well, he's, he's gone anyway, right? Is he? Did he finally uh, pull out? Shit, I haven't heard his name in so long that I fucking forgot it. Holy shit. Doctor, is Doctor, Doctor John Carson? Ben Carson? Ben John- Carson, that's it. Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Uh, yeah, he's, he's like the, the, neuro- he's the, the fucking... neurologist or whatever. Yeah, but he's like the religious guy, no? Dinosaurs and shit. <laughs> Which, you know, this guy is just enigmatic to me. Like, the guy is just makes... N- a lot of these guys don't make sense. But Ben Carson is someone who has a degree in medicine. You know, he is a very scientifically 
he's a very scientific person, but he's also very religious, which is just it, it just butts heads, you know? Yeah, like it really does. It doesn't make sense. And the one thing I do enjoy about him is his cool, calm demeanor. He's got a wit to him, you know, but it but, seems but like... But then he'll say some shit like, um, yeah, if I was in that movie theater, I would have tackled the guy. I'm like, motherfucker, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Did you hear that sound clip? He, he said he would tackle someone in the Paris theater? Um, it was What's, one of the shootings, right? Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, if I was there, I would tackle the guy. I would tell, I would get everyone together and just go after him." Motherfucker, full of shit. Ben Carson, I've seen you. You're you're ducking behind the first big black woman you can. You, <laughs> you are a liar. He is not doing any kind of heroics. Oh yeah, uh, no. I will say it seems like he speaks genuinely from himself. He might still have a lot of writers that are giving him his bullet points, um, and I, he has to because he's not a politician. He doesn't really know the game, and you, it, it comes across that way. Um, but the things that he does speak when he starts speaking off script, so to speak, yeah. uh, it, it strikes me as genuine. You can see him look like some people are just so focused at the camera, and they have their cues, and you see like the the the, the facial cues from him. He's looking off and he's thinking while he's talking he's kind of working things out i think he's genuine but with the lack of experience i don't see it that and i just i wouldn't trust someone that's just at a conflict with their own like yeah because whenever whenever science debunks some kind of religious thing uh religion always conveniently changes their mythology like the dinosaur oh the fossils were there to test our faith all yeah. right <laughs> Sure they were. Okay. Okay. But I gotta hear you. Feel free to go off. Right. Give me what. Give me what you got on Trump. You know, thing about Trump is Trump is. He's a numbers guy. That's first and foremost. The reason that he has the wealth and the success that he does is because he understands numbers. He understands how to gain numbers. He knows when to divide numbers, when to multiply numbers, when to liquidate numbers, when to uh, surplus other numbers. No matter what it is, he understands numbers, whether it's dollars, rating viewerships, employees, buildings, uh, blocks, square footage. He understands numbers, and that's what he's using to be so high in this uh, election, is he's using the poll numbers and understands what he has to do to drop. And I think he has dropped his numbers intentionally before by going quiet, so he he knows if he drops and then comes back out with a crazy-ass bullet, his numbers will surge past what they previously were. He's a numbers guy. This is the problem with Trump. The problem with Trump is he is running off of emotion and that's it. And that's what that's why so many people are relating to him right now. We are in an emotional time, you know. We've got a lot of things that are fucking scary right now in the world, you know. And he is echoing the emotional sentiments of the nation. I will not deny that. He is definitely doing that. However, I do not personally want an emotional president. We need 
someone that yeah has emotions and has fire and has passion but we need someone that's also very practical because we could find ourselves in a lot more trouble than we currently are and based on how things have escalated just over the past few months with all the different attacks throughout the world practicality is going to triumph over emotional out outbursts and another thing to um just to to add on to your uh running on emotion thing and I'm a guy who likes Trump but he does uh address too many petty things like he'll just someone will tweet something and he'll just go after them it's like yo there's bigger shit to do so he, that emotional shit is true he'll just go after somebody you know react so quick and that's the thing he and that, and again it goes back to numbers how if i tweet this crazy thing out right now i'm going to get x amount of retweets i'm going to get x amount of hearts if i put it over here this is going to happen the dude is smart and he I think he intentionally comes off as a buffoon that and he just kind of doesn't give a damn and that's another issue that i have is that someone that doesn't give a damn really shouldn't be president if you are so wealthy and so powerful without being president that winning or losing, eh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Then that is an issue to me. You have to want to do this and go all in. And you're going to have to want to have the country's best interest at heart. And I'm not saying that he doesn't. I just think that he is not a politician. He runs his business off of emotion and numbers. I don't think you can run a country off of emotion and numbers. Now, how do you feel about these crazy... You know, he's like the the biggest exaggerator ever. He exaggerates everything. Mm -hmm. um, like the wall. That's asinine, is it not? It's not going to happen. Listen, no one's going to build a fucking 50-foot, 100-foot wall. I don't care how good he is at building shit. It's not going to happen. And he's definitely not going to get Mexico to fucking pay for it. Just like he's not going to be able to tell an entire race. Not, I'm sorry, not a race. That's the distinguishing thing. He's not saying that he we should track and not allow any new races in. He's going after a religion. There is no way that we're going to be able to excommunicate or completely stop funnel an entire religious sect of people of the world. Well, they're like number two and three of like the most followers, I believe. I, I, and it makes sense. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's not even something worth really talking about because it's never going to happen. As again, it's an emotional ploy to get people to want to like, you know, jump on his, on his belief wagon. And, yeah. you know, I think that he could do some economic good. I don't know how, because he's not really elaborating. And that's another thing. He's not really saying much. I listened to the show that you did with uh, your brother and the guy from um, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, great fucking show like that really got me going i was like this is awesome i don't agree with all of it but it's fucking great and oh thanks man and it, and it goes back to like being open and willing to go outside of your box i hadn't thought a lot of that stuff like the whole when jimmy had that analogy of the m&ms and if you got a hundred m&ms right. 10 of them are poison and you you're gonna let your fucking kid and i'm a dad now so now my perspective my perspective on shit has changed yeah it is no longer I don't give a shit. I'm going to live forever. Like since my little man's been born, like my mortality is very like, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's there. Like it's, I'm very aware of it. 
it really is like it really does like set off a switch. There's like a weird parental switch that goes off when you have kids. It's the weirdest fucking thing. It's crazy, and then and then I hear that, and I'm like, holy fuck! I never thought of that. Like, it makes sense, but at the same time, it it's a good analogy, and I understand it. But M and M's and religion, I mean, that's like something physical versus something spiritual, and spirituality and and something ethereal and faith is something you can't really pinpoint down into like a molecular form. Right? Yeah, Trumpy, he's saying a lot, but he ain't saying nothing. That's my big problem with him. Like, yeah, okay, make America great, cool. I'm on board. How? Um, exactly. Now tell me how you're gonna do it. You know, we got to fix immigration. We got to get these criminals out of here. Great, I'm good with that. But yep. but how are you gonna do it? Exactly. You know, you gotta you got we gotta do something about the terrorism. You want to stop the Muslims from coming in, whatever. How are you gonna do this? Like it's it's November is a year away, but this dude's got to stop. Talk, it's like he's talking, but he's not saying nothing. He's got to start saying something. And that's the whole thing. Like, he's still just playing off of that emotion because as long as he can get an emotional response from from America his poll ratings will go up do you and they think might... he has a plan do you think he's just waiting or he's really just kind of running on what you're saying I think he'd be foolish if he didn't have a plan at this point because he's have something right it being a year away he's got to have something in place and maybe he's also learning what to He's. Ta- I think he's probably, and it's just me speculating because I have no fucking idea what goes on in that crazy man's head. Right. Um, he's probably, if I had to guess, brought in some of the smartest people that he could that are advising him on how to convert business strategy into presidency. Yeah, it makes sense. He knows how to be a president of a company, so he's taking that knowledge and that kind of blueprint because I think he could go to any industry and be, whether it's you know, manufacturing, textiles, it doesn't matter. He can go to any industry. Hospitality he's already conquered. Gaming he's already conquered. And be a successful president and CEO. So now he sees the president of the United States as being the biggest corporation of all, which, again, I've got an issue with if that's how he is seeing it. Mm. He's looking at it and he's saying, how do I duplicate my efforts and my success into this role? And he's got people and he knows what he wants to tackle. He's got his mission statement, but he doesn't. He's got his. Yeah, he's got his mission statement, but he doesn't have all the gaps filled in. And he's right. not going to spill beans until he's got it vetted out. Because, again, he's a numbers guy. Yeah. He's going to crunch the numbers. He's going to crunch them two times, three times, four times. He's going to crunch them down to the lowest common denominator so that he can see what the rate of success versus failure is before he even acts, because that's what he does. And if he has confidence in the plan that he has, he'll wait for his numbers to dip and then fucking break it out. And then mic drop, and then walk away. People can be like, what the <laughs> hell? Where did that come from? It came from his being patient and him being able to keep keep the troops behind him. You know, he's, he's able to speak and get people riled up and under his belt unfortunately it's a little hitler-esque at times you know it's just all right so where does this leave us with all these candidates um what who the fuck is gonna step into this office honestly i have no idea i'm still waiting for something to really 
present itself. Personally, right now, the two people that I've been honestly kind of impressed with. At first, I was actually really impressed with Jeb, to be perfectly honest. Like, oh, of- boy, did he fucking sink fast. I forgot all about him. <laughs> so fast. Like, But when those first two GOP debates came about, I was like, God damn it. Why am I actually impressed by another Bush? Like, I'm a I'm a quote unquote lefty. Why is Bush making sense to me right now? And then he just fell off the off the map. Yeah, he uh, fell so, so hard. I, I didn't even think of him just now. <laughs> that's a problem. I, I, it's it's crazy watching the GOP debates because you could see Trump is always front and center because it. I mean, with where you're positioned in the stage is a reflection of where you stand in the polls. And to see Jeb just start getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed <laughs> away, it's like, dude, just get off stage already. Like, throw it in. You're done. S- say sorry, Pop. Sorry, bro. I, I think uh, the nail in the coffin when he says Christian uh, Christians could never be terrorists. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, it's like, uh, what? <laughs> they, they kind of already have, but that's cool. We'll, we'll, we'll just let that one go. That might have been the nail in the coffin. One guy that surprisingly, because I had knew nothing about him, but when he was talking and it, it's kind of resonating with me is uh, Huckabee. I don't know where he was there last time too. Yeah, I remember him. You know, and he's got no shot in hell of getting the nomination. But he says, based on how he says it, Um, I do not agree on his abortion standpoint. But so far, that's really been one of the only things. I'm sure there are other times that people have been like, "Well, you did this, this, and this," and I was like, to decipher what's bullshit, slant like mudslinging, and what is legitimate. but I, 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 Huckabee impressed me. Now, there is a, another Democrat who is not Hillary, who is not Bernie Sanders. It's the f- the former, I think, governor of Baltimore or something like that. Mac- Macaulay or something mm. like that. I forget. But this dude has got passion, and this guy has great points. And I love where he's coming from. The only thing that sucks is he's got this really good standpoint on gun control. Yeah. And then... Guess what happens? Then they go, yeah, well, you kind of like are from Baltimore, Ferguson much. And I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, who better than someone to that like was there? Like he experienced that. He had to back his police officers. He had to watch his city go through that. You know, Um, he's really passionate. He gets really fired up. And he makes really good points, and he doesn't have to mudsling. But of course, I mean, it really, it from right now, it looks like it's gonna be Hillary versus Trump, unless Mark Rubio or one of the other uh, GOP candidates steps it up. Is the guy from Baltimore a younger guy, or? Uh, he, uh, I'd say he's probably in his like fifties. I'm not quite sure. Oh, so this is he's this is like his shot. Uh, yeah, this it's, might it's, be it. This, this, well, I don't know. He might have another run in him. Look at fucking Bernie Sanders. Yeah, true. You know, he's he's old as shit. But, yeah, McCain uh, was pretty old, too. McCain was old. Um, I'm surprised that uh, what's his nuts, the VP didn't run. Oh, Bi- Biden, right? Yeah, I don't know if he's waiting to see if this next president, maybe he's going to run in what would be, I don't know, 2020? Maybe. If Biden's, can, is it too late for him to step into this race this year? You know, honestly, if it, it hopefully it is, because if he steps in at the last minute, then I'm going to be like, this shit just seems like a movie. Like, I'm sorry. This shit is distinguished <laughs> gentlemen fucking trading places. I don't believe it. 
this is some scripted shit. Like I'll, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, not as much as some of my other friends like Mike, but that's a little too much, especially when he was like, I'm going to run, but I'm not, but I am. No, I'm not. And I'm going to support Hillary. And then if he came in at the last minute, like as a white knight, I'd be like, dude, come on. It's kind of his for the taking. If he wants it really though, he would take it away from Hillary. And I think that's why he's not running. I think the democratic party has backed Hillary because they see an opportunity to capitalize on her being a female. That's it. All right, um, I gotta take a piss. Do you want to? Um, we did an hour already. You wanna you wanna stick around and talk some more shit, or you you wanna run? I'm home. I'm good to go. So it's up to you. If you're good to keep going, I can keep going. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about some pop culture shit. Cool. Okay, I wanna take this opportunity right now during this break to uh, say what's up to some people, thank some people, and just uh, pretty much give shout outs. I wanna say what's up to my man Arlo Tone on IG. Go follow him on Instagram. He's a supporter of the show. I got to say what's up to Clint from Geek Dig. Check out the Geek Dig podcast. Fear Ennis. Fear Cast, the fifth cast. My man Stan and Shane from the Big Papa podcast. Check out that great show. Brute and Tin Man from across the from across the pond from the Bats podcast. Brute and Tin Man speak. Check out my man Ryan from Green Up podcast. I want to say thanks uh, to Ryan for having me on that big show with all the all the great podcasts on at once. I want to say what's up to Chris and all the people. Um, no, all the people. There's uh, Chris, Yoa, Skip, and M from Attention Deficit Order. You know, they mention me every week in my show. I really appreciate that. I want to say thanks to them. Check out their show. Of course, my man Shane Gray, one of the best out there doing it. Everyone over at Rat House Productions. Matt, Ming Stain, uh, Bold and Belligerent. It's a great show. Check out Bold and Belligerent. Uh, Empty Ramp Podcast, uh, Dark Angels Pretty Freaks, some of our friends out there. Uh, big shout out to my man Jimmy from Blast Furnace Productions. Gotta say what's up, big shout out to Angela for doing the Fright Cast with me every year. That's always awesome. Brother Anthony from A Breed Apart. Go to uh, Bandcamp, do a search, A Breed Apart, check out that shit. My man Jay Torini, gotta say what's up to him as always. And James Callen for listening, hanging in there for three years. Well, two and a half. Uh, I gotta say what's up and thanks to Paint of Black, uh, fellow New York podcast on Instagram, mbam141, the man Sean Story, big supporter, thank you, picking up a shirt, gotta say what's up to Chucky Brown for the support, hopefully I'll get you on the show soon, go uh, check out Chucky Brown's Hood TV on YouTube, to all the guys from Pot of the Damned, um, but my man BT from uh, Melbourne is in New York City for the week. Of uh, December 20th to the 26th, no better place to be than New York City in winter, Christmas. Uh, just an all-around great atmosphere, man. Hope you have a good time. Hope you stay safe. Uh, Manny from Rebel Songs Podcast. If I forget anybody, I truly apologize. And of course, I have a uh, I got shirts. Uh, Teespring uh, campaign. It's uh, no profit, just you know, a promotional tool. I really want to see you guys out there wearing these shirts. If you get them, take a picture, send it to me, put something together. But uh, they have to sell in order for them to ship. Go to teespring.com backslash stores backslash gungo winter. Or you go to my Instagram, my Twitter, which is at gungo podcast. And then just click on the link uh, in my bio. Thanks. Back to the show. All right. And we're back. Took a quick break there. Um, all right. I want to talk to you. 
about the uh, Batman versus Superman trailer that just got released last week. Uh, okay. But I want to ask you before we do that, um, you're a Batman guy, right? I'm a comic guy, dude. Like, legit comic guy. I'm Marvel, DC, Image. Dark Horse is in there. Dark Horse, here and there. I got the Fight Club 2 uh, on the pull list, which has been interesting. I heard that's great, actually. You know, it's just tough, man. You got to stockpile them and read them back to back because if you wait a month in between, you're kind of like, dude, Polinick, you are, I'm lost. I am lost. All right, so who in the in the movie universe, who is your Batman? You know, you got Clooney, Christian Bale, Michael Keaton. To be the movie universe, I can't say fucking, yeah, okay. Movie universe, honestly, my, I'm, okay, to, to, to rip off a, a Batman quote. I'm of two minds about it. I've got my childhood Batman, which is fucking Michael Keaton. I don't just... He's my childhood Batman, and but I really, really like Bale as Batman, even with his stupid fucking... Give me the... The, voice, the lisp, the yeah. I thought... Maybe... Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I'm just more of a fan of what Nolan did what Christopher Nolan did with the Batman franchise more than I am a Bale guy. So I'll go Michael Keaton. I'm also a big fan of Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne. Not Batman, but of Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne. That's actually a popular thing. I've heard that a couple times, yeah. Yeah, although nothing beats uh, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne when he says, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, so Ben Affleck is uh, the new Batman. Um, yeah. uh, all right, man, what did you think of the trailer? All right, so first came that little teaser trailer, right? Where it was, uh, did you see the teaser trailer when he ripped off the mask and it was in the desert and all this shit? And first of all, Batman just looked weird in desert gear. I'm not going to lie. Why are you in desert gear and a bat suit? Like, you, you can't choose one or the other? Like, I don't think yeah, does he? Does, oh, isn't the suit gonna protect him? Isn't it like fucking protective a suit? Yeah. Why do, do you need an overcoat? Do you need goggles? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Like, I they think could, it's a dream sequence. I've heard that that's that it is a dream sequence. My other idea was that like that wasn't Superman. That was Bizarro. Um, yeah, I could definitely the, see that because he's got that mean look on his face. So pissed off. This movie. I don't understand. Um, now, as far as the actual trailer goes, it's going to be a 50-50 thing, man. It's either going to be really good and surprise me or be really shitty. The standout is Lex Luthor. Yeah. The standout is Lex Luthor, just how he comes out of the gate acting like fucking Jesse Eisenberg. He doesn't act like anyone else other than Jesse. It's like, oh, it's the, uh, is that Cleveland? Cleveland from Zombieland is in Batman versus Superman. That's great. And when I when I saw him as Lex Luthor, it made me think of he did the voice in the kids movie, um, Rio. It was called. It's the same character. He plays the same character in everything he does. On Social Network, he was the awkward genius. In Catch Me If You Can't, well, not Catch Me If You Can, uh, Now You See Me, he was the awkward magician genius. In Zombieland, he's the awkward zombie survivalist. You know, he's always the awkward something. Now he's the awkward fucking billionaire 
crazy Riddler. He acts more like a Riddler than anything else. Here's my only hope for Lex Luthor in uh, Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's also the Dawn of Lex, where in the beginning he's this weaselly, awkward, nerdy guy, but towards the end now he's like a a, a bald, maybe he gets bigger, kind of meaner villain type. So maybe he zodifies himself or finds something in the uh, in the uh, fortress of solitude that increases his like overall capacity. Well, something that'll just make him a villain. Like you know, maybe that that Lex we've seen, he's not full villain yet. You know, I'm I'm thinking it's just a theory. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I it's it, it could happen. I mean, I, that's the thing. Anything can happen in this series. The thing is, that's not. And I think the main issue that everyone has with it is like, how is that Lex Luthor? Like Lex Luthor is supposed to be like really fucking Lex Luthor is supposed to be basically a stoic numbers guy like Trump. Like if Trump shut the fuck up and was crazy and evil and bald, like if he didn't have the wig, he might be Lex Luthor, you know, like he's yeah. supposed to be a numbers guy. He's be able to figure things out and a genius. And he just he gets it, and he sees the capacity of greatness in himself and in and in everything except he sees the pure evil in Superman and the danger that Superman presents to the world, which is Plus, a legitimate concern. He wants to be the Superman. Exactly. He, I mean, it, it all stems from narcissism. Like, he wants what he can't have, and if he can't have it, he must destroy it. Um, so I hate Jesse Eisenberg so far. Uh, ben Affleck, jury's out just because that – the whole desert thing killed it for me. Uh, I, I've never been on board with Gal Gadot or whatever her name is. As I wonderful. thought she looked great, but we got to see how she acts. Yeah, I mean, just from the Wonder Woman that I grew up kind of like looking at and like knowing from the Justice League and stuff, she just she doesn't really stack up. Like Wonder Woman's always supposed to have been like kind of, I don't know. I always thought of, uh, what's her name, Xena, Lucy Lawless would be like back in the day, a good Wonder Woman because she was kind of bigger and ripped and stuff. I don't know. But I guess- in Hollywood, in Hollywood, like you, it's impossible to cast Wonder Woman because Hollywood has to pick a hot chick. For, they have to. They have to. And, and although Xena's attractive, she's not hot. No, I, I get you. I mean, that's the thing about the Amazonian princess. She's supposed to be like every guy's temptation that no man can touch because she'll break your arm, right? Yeah. Um, overall, I think I'm just concerned. I'm overwhelmed, but I'm still very curious. I still think uh, Henry Cavell is a great Superman. I loved Man of Steel. Oh, I'm was- glad to hear that, man, that a comic book guy loved that movie because you never – the comic book guys are the guys you usually hate it, so I'm glad to hear that from you. Now, listen here. I'm a – I am a comic book guy, and this is the thing that I didn't understand why everyone hated on Man of Steel. They just complained that Superman would never kill, uh, what's his name, his dad, he just watched his dad die, it was very somber, it wasn't the prototypical Superman. Being a comic book guy, I have read many different versions of Superman and seen many different versions of Superman. I have seen Superman kill people in comic books before. Granted, it might have been an alternate reality or not, but every writer and creator of Superman has taken it a different direction. Right Right now, he's just wearing t-shirt and jeans, evidently, and running around just being a badass. I've seen that, yeah. You know, I mean, 
don't stick to one prototype of any hero that has a long legacy and such a different vast array of canon as Superman or Batman does. Also, Man of Steel was his first go-around as Superman, so maybe killing Zod is the catalyst for him not killing. Exactly, and maybe that's where his moral compass starts. Yep. He had to do it, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot more emo Superman in Donna Justice dealing with the fact that he still not only killed someone else, but he killed one of the only remaining people left on his planet. He's going to be depressed. People also hated on Man of Steel. Like, how could you have all that wanton destruction and killing people and be okay with that? Because it doesn't set up the next movie, dummies. Come on. Like, yeah. you also got to look at it just as a franchise and not as a standalone movie. And why is it okay that the Avengers can destroy New York, but Superman can't destroy Metropolis? Yeah, nobody said nothing about the Avengers. Racism. They don't want the illegal aliens. <laughs> but yo, check it out. The people who complain about Man of Steel killing Zod or Man of Steel um, um, destroying the buildings, they, they know they could just think about it for a second and come up with the answer, but they want to complain. And that's what's driving me crazy with pop, kind of these pop culture. I don't know if they're wannabes. There's a lot of legit like fans out there, but I I see it's just if it's not political, it's like everyone poking holes in everything online. It's like the 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 X Men trailer comes out and everyone's like, oh, this looks great, this looks great, and you got that one asshole that's like, oh, well, you know that uh, Apocalypse is technically not really this, and he does, yeah. this. and it's just like, shut up, it's a movie, it's not real, and then. I don't know. And then you've got folks that are like, well, you know, I'm a big fan of Marvel and they've done a really good job with the movie franchise. And you're like, okay, when's the last time you read a comic? Like, I'm not really into the comics. I just like the movie verse. I'm like, so how would you know if they're doing a good job with it? Exactly. How do you have any basis of comparison other than you're comparing Ant-Man to Iron Man, the movies? Like, so so what? The fucking, the, the, the people who, go, who, who bother me the most all right, in the Batman vs Superman trailer, there's a scene where the 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 Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman are together, and Batman has a gun in his hand, and people are complaining Batman would never use a gun. He would, well, th- take a second and think about it. It's probably not a gun with bullets. It's probably yeah. some kind of device uh, invention. Maybe it's got rubber bullets. Just take two seconds to think about it. Exactly. It's like oh. Batman would never do that. Yes, he would. He'd fucking have a rubber bullet or like uh, what's it? Agents of Shield. They use what are called icers that just kind of incapacitate. Yeah. Uh, the 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 Hydra bitches or whatever. So yeah, it could possibly be that, or maybe it's a stun gun, or maybe you just need to just not worry about it. With that said, I hated the trailer. <laughs> I fucking hated it, man. I hated everything about it. I hated the monster at the end. Who? Day. Now they're saying he's somebody else. Um, like that uh, looks like Doomsday. Like I've heard weird things that like, and that's the thing. We don't know what's real because so many people are saying stuff. I've heard that they are taking Zod and turning Zod's DNA into Bizarro and that Bizarro then somehow morphs into Doomsday. And it's like, mm, that I will raise my, my geek bullshit flag on and say, I don't like that. I think, um, uh, what about, see, I don't know Superman world at all. Who Who's Darkseed? Could that be Darkseed? Uh, 
if that's dark side, uh, dark side, side uh, so, S E I, right? Yeah. But it's either Dark Seed or Dark Side. I think I mainly hear Dark Side on the cartoons, so I just always call them Dark Side. I, I call them Dark Side, and then I heard someone say Seeds. I don't know what the fuck. Tomato, tomato, I guess. We all know who we're talking about. Yeah. The the, the Thanos of the DC Universe. Yeah. Um, people are saying that in the trailer, and I must have missed it. I need to go back and watch it, um, that there was parademons flying around, which are, you know, little kind of minions of dark seeds from uh now you got me saying dark seed got dark seeds uh, from apocalypse uh not the marvel apocalypse but the planet apocalypse with a k this is getting confusing with all these movies out um they're in the desert scene they're in, in the, there so it's a so then that could just be a dream yeah. unless dark seed is infiltrating dreams which i don't know if that's a power of his there's a lot going on there's a lot going on in the trailer, and it just seems like, first of all, thank you, Warner Brothers, for spoiling a good, the last 20 minutes of the movie. Here's the thing. We all knew that they were going to get together and fight something, but I kind of I wanted to wait to see it. Why did they have to show it? They Couldn't they show, like, a foot come down or, like... Something through the clouds billowing, like you you see the form of something. Yeah, uh, you know you you could have you know fucking tickled the nuts a little bit before you just let us blow our load. I mean, Jesus. He looked bad. It was bad CGI. Man, I hope they fixed that. Yeah, it looked like something out of the Injustice video game instead of a professional movie. Great game, by the way. Love the game. Real good game. Um, X Men. Did you see the new X Men trailer? Now, this is the complete opposite feeling when I watched the X-Men trailer. I went from 6 to midnight watching that trailer. I loved the X-Men fucking Apocalypse trailer. Um, canon be damned. I don't care if uh, Scott Scudders and Jean Grey should have been in first class. Don't give a shit. This trailer looked like I was all in. Um, I watched it just before we recorded and... Uh I, looking at all the pictures leading up to the trailer, they all kind of sucked. But the trailer, I really liked it. I'm looking forward to this thing now. Yeah, I think uh, the the infamous one was the Ivan Ooze picture of Apocalypse, right? Where he looked like the big purple Power Ranger villain. Yeah, and I looked up Ivan Ooze and it was almost, it was really spot on. <laughs> it was really spot on. But, you know, those were also uh, pre-production photos so they hadn't gone in and digitally enhanced them um like they do all these movies so i gave them some leniency but looking at it uh there's one part that just blew my mind when apocalypse is holding someone down and you see him just growing and growing and growing oh i was just like what a brilliant way of doing that and then you see a bald xavier at the end you see arc not archangel you see angel in there and you see uh some some storm action and jubilee like i don't know like i grew up like i love batman and superman but i grew up with the x-men like the x-men is my childhood shit so to see these guys come to life i love it now where i get angry is how come now everybody is shitting on fox well i know why they're doing it like everyone's shitting on fox because of fantastic four rightfully so I, I haven't seen Fantastic Four, the movie, but I'm sure it's probably dog shit. 
But now everyone's saying, oh, I hope that Apocalypse does horrible so that the rights can go back to Marvel. Not remembering that just, what, two years ago, everybody was on Days of Future Past nuts. And that five, what, six years ago, everybody was blowing first class and saying how great it was. Yeah. People are just now jumping the shark and hopping over to the fucking Disney. It's all about Disney, man. It is. And I don't think Disney needs another fucking property under their belt at this point. They're going to fucking rule the world, man. They got everything over there. It's like the fact that they own a majority of the properties from Marvel and all of Star Wars is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. I like, um, who was your X-Men? Uh, was it the Claremont years? My X-Men was the, who did it? I think this was the, uh, started off with the Claremont years, but really, I really, really got into it when they split up into the blue and gold team. So the Jim Lee years. Oh, okay, cool. Fabian Cortez and leading up to Wolverine getting the shit ripped out of him through the uh, Fatal Attraction storyline, the Avengers crossover with Bloodlines, and, like, that was my shit. X-Men's fucking awesome, man. That was such a fucking... Like, I don't... I had a bunch of X-Men books, mostly the the Claremont shit, um, but I really enjoyed just, you know, Wolverine fighting Sabretooth and fucking... Um, the fact that the original X-Men made X-Factor, just that whole world, yeah. the mutants, great yeah, shit. Yeah, X-Factor, and just everyone that had these cool, like, just premises, and even the smaller characters, like, fucking Longshot, and Mojo World, and fucking, uh, you fucking think of Havoc in the original costume yeah. with the fucking stupid rings on his head. It was like, dumb. It was so well, stupid looking. the most dumb thing I've ever seen, but at the same time... That, at the, when I, as a kid, I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's kind of badass. Like, those rings are coming out of them. I don't know what those rings are, but cool. And then you got Nightcrawler bamfing all over the place. Fucking great. Yeah, man. When we were kids, we would like, um, you know, we would play, but we would each take on an X-Men. Like, my yep. friend Justin, he was always Colossus. This guy, <laughs> he loved Nightcrawler. I, have, I was Wolverine, of course. Awesome shit. I was always Gambit. Always Gambit. I missed. I never got into Gambit. I don't know. I, I think I missed him somewhere. I don't know. I think I just got into him because you know I was reading those around the same time that fucking Jean Claude Van Damme was the action. <laughs> it's like it's the same dude. So a know. lot of people got into Gambit through the cartoon too. Yeah, the cartoon was great. I mean, the original uh, Saturday morning cartoon. Do they even have Saturday morning cartoons anymore? Uh, nah, no, what they do is, um, my kids just watch, uh, like, Nick Jr. These yeah, type of things. like, full channels where it's just, like, you don't have to wait for a certain day of the week in the morning to watch your shit. It's just a channel dedicated to it, I think, right? Netflix has a whole kids thing, too. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. What but, I like to do is I just tell the kids because they're young. They're six and four. I was like, okay, go to my – I have a shelf on the wall full of movies. I Go pick a movie. We're watching a movie. They'll come back with Friday the 13th or the Terminator, <laughs> Alien. So I definitely get them into real shit too. That's that's what's up, man. I mean, and I think that's cool that you let them pick their shit out because we don't really have that anymore. Like I don't know how many times I've just – randomly thought like i miss going to the video store and oh, pull yeah. 
bags and you don't know shit about them you just have to pull the box the empty box from behind the wire and you have to look at the back and you look at the front and you judge a movie based on the box cover so that's wow. cool it's just kind of go and look at it and just be like hey this looks weird let me check this out you know it's great that you said that because that's almost like what it is when um when they go over to the thing and my daughter pulls out a movie, she looks at the cover like really deeply, then says, "Daddy, what is this?" So that's it's like a <laughs> in-house video store. That's great. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, man, it's just really cool. Like I, I miss doing that stuff, and that's when I saw some of the most weirdest shit ever. Like, oh, I see a a face pulling their lips apart, and there's a skull underneath. And before I know it, I'm watching Dead Alive, and I'm like, this is weird. Nice, you know. So. All right, let's stick on the trailers. Uh, Civil War. Civil War. I got to say, even though Disney owns the world, they are doing right by that franchise. I didn't like Age of Ultron, to be honest, because I felt like Age of Ultron was actually a lead-up to Civil War. So why have an Avengers lead-up movie just to lead up to a Captain America movie? But, man, this looks cool. Um, Black Panther looks uh, everyone in that movie looks dope. Everyone in that movie looks dope. Who else? I mean, the only ones that we haven't seen too much of, I we have. there's no Ant-Man. I think he's supposed to be in it. I don't know if Wasp is supposed to be in it. I think they're holding off for the Ant-Man and Wasp uh, follow-up movie. Spidey's supposed to do something. Uh, Spidey, you know that they're going to definitely like... Wait until the very end? <laughs> right? They, they've... They've got to do something epic with that just because, like, that was such a struggle to even get Spider-Man in this movie. And now this kid, he better not fuck it up. Because I actually liked Andrew Garfield as as Peter Parker. I know. I I read the Civil War book, and I didn't really like it. Did you read Civil War? You know, I think uh, Civil War for me is when Bendis had kind of jumped shark. You know, uh, Bendis has always been a a really good writer. Um, For me, Marvel, well, obviously, I mean, they almost went bankrupt. No one was buying their books because they were kind of just putting out garbage. And then they kind of got a little bit of a second breath in them with the uh, selling off their rights to uh, Fox and Sony to get Mm. some money. And that's why they those two companies own those properties now is to, to pull them out of bankruptcy and then marvel brought in a bunch of fresh new great art uh, artists and writers like jay lee is a great fucking artist um you got christopher priest he did a run of uh of black panther back in the marvel knights era um which is fucking brilliant like the whole run like all 62 issues is great start to finish and then you had bendis come in and he was doing stuff like daredevil and just a bunch of good stuff and now I also think that, I, unless my timeline is fucked up, I think they were pulling some image guys in. They did. They brought uh, Garth Ennis, who everyone knows from doing the Preacher on uh, Image. Uh, he, he did Preacher, which was is a whole fucked up other thing, which I'm looking forward to that show. Yeah. They brought him in and did a really awesome run called uh, My Name is Frank or something like that. Um, a Punisher run, which was violent and gritty and... Uh, yeah, they, they brought in a lot of good talent and Bendis was one of the Marvel Knights guys. Now he's got sucked in to, I don't know if he perpetuated it or if this was like an idea that they were going to do only event based storytelling now. Mm. Cause they, they 
wanted to revamp everything, so they did Avengers Disassembled, where basically Avengers just was no more. Ultron comes along and just decimates everything and lays waste, and Avengers Mansion, which was the original, you know, there wasn't the tower. Yeah. Avengers Mansion's gone, and um, they need to rebuild with the new Avengers and then the mighty Avengers, and Bendis is writing all these Avengers books, and he's leading up to um, House of M, I think was the first one. So they lead up to House of M, which is a great storyline. You know, what if there was no more mutants? What if we lived in a world where, you know, uh, Magneto ran everything? Almost the Age of Apocalypse, but it involved the entire Marvel Universe instead right. of the X-Men. Um, and then they got away from that and recanted and changed canon, and then they led into Civil War. Civil War, I think, was a good premise, and, the f- and this is what happens with Every single one of these events, whether it's Civil War, Axis, Fear Itself, Secret Invasion, the first half of all of these event story arcs is great. And you can see that they're connecting the dots and you're interested to see what happens. And then all of a sudden, like, they sum it up in one issue and you're like, wait a minute. You can't you just <laughs> drop off like that. It's like fucking like I'm going to ride a motorcycle thinking that like I'm going to ride a, a dirt bike up a dune. And it turns out to be a Razorback, and I just go flying off into the nether. Just it just just ends. It just drops. It's crazy. And it's gotta be extra fucking shitty for the people who read all the stories around the storyline. You know what I'm saying? Like all the little branches coming off. Yeah, it sucks for them, and it sucks for the people that like are buying the book month after month. And then when the whole thing just all of a sudden dramatically ends, you're like, okay, well, all right. And then next week, the hardcover comes out, and it's got everything. I'm like, I could have just waited for the fucking trade. Yeah, I got the trade. And it's like, just like the X-Men just weren't in it. Like, it's like, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know, man. And then the, uh, the Avengers versus X-Men, I was a monthly puller on that. And just every month, every month, every month. And it's like, and eh, now it's over. Really? Really? <laughs> well, they got you. They got you. That's all they care about. And that's why I can't do it anymore. Although I will say that Marvel Unlimited thing that they've got going on is pretty cool. They've got all the backlogs of, uh, of the older books, like the Marvel Knight stuff, all digital. Just pull oh, it, cool. Get it on oh, that reminds me. Uh, have you seen the Marvel hip-hop covers? You know what? I saw one. I saw one. And I freaked out over it. What was it? I, I know it was fucking um, liquid. It was Jizza's liquid sword. Yeah. It's a was it like Battle World or some shit? And I didn't realize that they had done a whole slew of them. I just looked at it and I was like, wait the fucking minute! Like, are they seriously trying to get away with this? I thought they were just blatantly ripping off the cover of Liquid Swords, but no, they got some cool ones in there. Dude, did you see the Spider-Man uh, Tribe Called Quest one? I think I, I it was so long ago that I scanned through all of them. I remember, I don't think I remember that one. I remember Ant-Man in the uh, in the the biggie one, and he's sitting there like a baby. And then someone had a DMX one where he was just hanging there with like all in blood. Oh, that's um, fuck! I just saw that one. It's from the Flesh My Flesh album. Yeah, yeah. But they're really fucking cool. It just came out of nowhere, too. Yeah, I wanted... Really, the only one that really struck me that I really, really wanted was that Liquid Swords ripoff one. That one, I was just like, that's tight. Because... I'm looking at it right now. It's, um... Because, you know, that that album cover was a comic. Like, the inside was a comic. Like, it had its own storyline and everything. So that they, it was a perfect translation. And they just... 
beat for beat they had it on point it was great yeah the um the the uh the iron man one is has a girl wolverine i guess it's supposed to be what's her name um x23 probably yeah but i just i love the the spider-man midnight marauder shit i gotta look that up yeah they got eric b and rock kim and spider-man and deadpool paid in full Whoever thought of this is fucking great. You know, and I think that's just, you know, the cool thing that you're starting to see in a lot of comics now is you're seeing cats our ages making this shit. So they came up listening to the music that we came up listening to, came up reading the comics that we came up reading. And then now they're putting their like their throwback flavor on it. They're 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 making it for us. But I mean, for our kids too, I guess you know. Wait a minute, sh- were you just gonna say for us by us? You're just gonna pull some fubu shit? No, no, no! I was not gonna <laughs> say by us. How dare you, sir? <laughs> for us by us, I don't do shit. All right, so Silver Wall looks great. I love the Winter Soldier, by the way. Winter Soldier, like you know, there hasn't been a bad Marvel movie other than Age of Ultron. And honestly, even Age of Ultron wasn't that bad. The only reason I, the thing that killed it for me was you made they made Ultron too human. I think I, I would have liked him more if he was just straight systematic robot, and not James Spader. I've been wanting to watch that one lately. I haven't I haven't seen Ultron yet. Check it out, man. It's cool. Um, it, it's cool. I think they're they're the only like again the thing that was disappointing for me is because the first Avengers movie had all those movies leading up to that like climactic moment. Mm. And it seems like everything led up to Age of Ultron to have Age of Ultron lead up to Civil War. And it's the same exact thing that they're doing. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's the same exact thing they do with the comics. They lead up and they're doing event-based kind of storylines. And then they're ending it so they can pick something else up. What's going to happen after they do the um, the Thanos... Uh, what is the ring? Uh, the Infinity Quest or whatever. Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah. Like what's gonna happen after that? That's tough. That's huge. That there's only so much you can do after that. There's all right. So if you look at the big ones, the big events throughout all of Marvel history, the Infinity Wars was like one of the top ones up there, right? Now you also got to keep in consideration that. They only have certain properties available to them, so they can't bring X-Men in and do like a, uh, a House of M thing because that, I mean, you can't do House of M without Magneto. You got to have the M in there. They can't even uh, say mutants. Yeah, they got to call them Inhumans, and Inhumans, they exist, but they're not quite mutants. I, I see how they're getting around that, but it, it'd be nice to see fucking mutants in, in, in the universe. I, I hope... Fox and, and Disney can come to come some kind of terms. They would make bank, both of them. There's no oh, yeah. way to make bank off of that. Um, and maybe that's what it is. The only thing I could think of is maybe they do a Secret Wars um, or if they go Secret Invasion because they've already introduced the uh, aliens so they can bring the scrolls in. Uh, the Kree Scroll War, you bring Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, not Carol Danvers, but like, uh, what's his name? Marvel or whatever. I think they're casting uh, that one, Captain Marvel. Yeah, so, I mean, who's to know? But, again, what is Infinity War isn't even the last one that they have on the list. It's like in 2020, the last one is Inhumans, so 
Zinchenko. That guy, I heard that got scrapped. Oh, did it? That's what I heard. That last time, last time I heard, I listened to um, to Keeping It Real. It's an IGN podcast. Mm-hmm. They were talking. I think that guy shelved. I wouldn't be surprised. They're doing a really big inhuman push on uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so they might just keep that in the TV-verse and be content with it. I think that's exactly what they said, actually. Okay. There you go. And the only other thing that I'm really into, I finally watched all of Daredevil. What'd you think? Fuck. Great. Good, it, right? Yeah. It was really good. It's the rise of Daredevil, but more importantly, it's the rise of Kingpin. You get to see kind of like, that's why I can kind of follow you with this is going to be maybe the rise of Lex Luthor in Dawn of Justice because you saw Kingpin as an emotional kind of wreck. He was a person. He, yeah, he was just a, a person trying to do well, but he just started getting beat down through loss and loss and loss, and he's finally become... At the end of it, staring at that blank white wall that he looked at as a kid, but he was in jail, like that was Kingpin right there. That was the first time you saw not Wilson Fisk, but Kingpin. I'm uh three episodes into Jessica Jones, which has been great. Like I've yeah, been, I heard that's pretty good too. Really surprised. Completely different feel. Um the ladies will love it. It's a it's a lot more soft, I think, so far. But again, I'm only three episodes in. I could be completely off kilter with that. Mm. But uh this this shit's getting gritty. Like the Netflix. I gotta be honest. I don't even hate the red uh, Daredevil suit. It didn't even look that bad. It didn't look that bad because the last time we saw it, it was fucking horrible. Oh yeah, the leather uh, suit. Yeah. yeah. No, this this suit looks good. I like it. Um, I like the fact how they had him kind of just in all black with his face just covered, even though he looked more like Iron Fist with his, uh, that hood on. All oh, right. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've seen him before. You know, so, um, and that's another one that's coming. Luke Cage is going to get his own thing. I heard rumors that uh, Moon Knight might get his own thing. Yeah, I heard about Moon Luke Cage is in this year's uh, Jessica Jones, too. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, they're the way that they're doing it, like, honestly, like, Netflix is a beast. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing a whole lot of right with these shows. Did you, um, um, do you like Bill Burr, the comedian? I like him. I'm, I'm not. I'm not familiar with his work, but from what I've heard, seen and heard, I like him. He makes well, me laugh. Well, he's got a a Netflix show coming out, but it's animated, and you know Netflix is uncensored. Yo, it looks fucking funny. There's a trailer out there. It's called F is for Family. Look it up if you get a chance. All right, I'll definitely look that up. All right, what other um? Let's get out of here. Um, before we do that, any other superhero movie trailers out? Oh, holy fuck, Star Wars. I gotta defer to you on that one. I am gonna be probably razzed and a lot and hated by a lot of people. I, I'm, you know, I blame the fans. I'm fucking over it. I'm over it. I'm ready for like it to be on the, its last leg so I can go see it in an empty theater. And I can't wait until people stop posting about it. I'm. It's been sensory overload. Yes, it's cool, but. And I was excited at first, and that first full trailer that we got, I was with everyone else just jonesing. But since then, like, I don't need any more B88s on my timeline. I don't need people posting this and speculating that. And it's just, it's it's been too much. And I, I, I know why. It's because it's fucking Star Wars. And again, you got our generation that's like, this is 
multi-generational now you know it's like two generations of star wars fans culminating in this resurgence of a good franchise even though the episodes one through three take jar jar binks out they're not bad movies in my opinion they bore me i don't know they're boring yeah they're boring but there are certain parts of uh episodes four five and six that i was kind of like let's get to it you know, honestly, what? I uh, I only like uh, A New That's- Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Revenge of the Sith. I don't even like the other ones. Yeah, that's the, what was that, four, five, and six, right? I like four, three, four, five are the only ones I really like. Oh, Revenge of the Sith. I like Revenge of the Sith a lot. You know, the Clone Wars I thought was cool, but... um, The love story killed it. Oh, I keep forgetting about that guy. You know what? Fuck Hayden Christensen. <laughs> now that I think about it, now that I'm remembering the movie, I completely forgot that that was him. And who was the Prince Padme or whatever? What was her yeah, name? Yeah, Natalie Portman. Get the fuck out of here, too. I don't care about you. All right, let's nope. end this show with a big fuck Hayden Christensen. <laughs> fuck Hayden Christensen and the little pod racing bitch that played him as younger self. Who's now in a psych ward somewhere, actually. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you want to, you know, promote anything, plug anything, social media, whatever you want. Uh, you know what? Um, the only thing that I'm gonna say is keep listening to Gungo, keep doing your thing, Mike. I really like your show. Like you said earlier, we don't always see eye to eye on the topics that that come about, but I appreciate your voice. I appreciate your open mindedness, having me on the show, having the balls to have someone that doesn't have your opinion on the show. Mm. Um, I'm not a big hardcore fan, but I respect anyone that's an ambassador for music. And I think, you know, you do great things for that, for that, uh, for, for punk rock and for hardcore and just keep doing your thing. So my promotion is to fucking Gungo podcast. Suck it. I appreciate that, man. Those are some, some really kind words and which reminded me that we got to get you back on to talk about music. We can try. Last time I tried to talk about music, you put me on the blast for mixing up Dio and fucking Iron Maiden. But That's yeah. a bad one, though, bro. It's a bad, dude, it happened, all right? It happened. <laughs> I'm about to die in it. All right, man. Yo, thanks for doing this show, man. Uh, this should have been done way earlier, but I'm glad we got you on. So, man, I appreciate it. And good luck with your new endeavors and everything. Appreciate it. Hit you up on the Twitterverse. Oh, wait. Do you want to um, end the show with a song or anything? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I forgot. You know, anyone that ever listens to Gungo know, that thinks that they're going to be on, they're like, what song am I going to fuck? I'm going to go with Every Time I Die, Partying is Such Sweet Sorrow. All right, man. Thanks, Devin. All right. Take it easy, man.
Stop it!